Welcome to Calvary Revival Church Podcast, where we exist to know God, live generously, discover purpose, and make a difference. Wherever you are listening from, our desire is for this practical teaching to make a difference in your personal life and in the lives of the people and community around you. And now, let's prepare ourselves for an uplifting experience. Well, let's... Let's get into the word. I believe that God wants to speak to us today. I believe that uh, as we're learning, as Bishop taught us, how to worship, work, and, and balance that with well-being, that as Pastor Anton talked to us last week, that it is going to be time to go. And I just, yo, know, I promise y'all, like, I was listening to the message yesterday. I'm cutting the grass while I'm listening to the message. And he's, that first point where he just said it so, I just love how Pastor Anton just gives it to us, how God gave it to him, right? He just, he just says, stop lying. <laughs> I, I was cutting the grass and I stopped, I like literally stopped cutting the grass. I was like, I busted out laughing. And it was one of them laughs where like I felt convicted because it was so funny. Like I was like, oh, he's talking to me. So he talked to us, stop lying and stop complaining because when God's ready to do something in our lives and bring us into the future that he has for us, it's going to take you to have to be honest and genuine about where you are, what you've been complaining about, so that he can bring you into the new thing once we are obedient to the faith that he's called us into. Amen? And so let's, let's, let's get into the word today. I feel like he wants to speak to us. So this is what the word of God says in uh, Mark chapter 3, verses 13. It says, and he went up on the mountain and summoned those who he himself wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 so that they would be with him and that he could send them out to preach and to have authority to cast out demons. And he appointed the 12, Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, the brother of James, To them he gave the name Bornegas, which means the sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot. I love how Mark includes this, who also betrayed him. (laughs) Let's get into the word. Lord, I thank you so much for your truth. You have the power in your word to to, to change our thinking and to change our habits. And so, Lord, I pray by the spirit of Christ that you would open up our eyes and open up our ears so that we can see and hear what it is that you have to say and what it is you need us to see. We lay down our our own humanity or we lay down our own issues and we ask you to speak into our spirit so that we can grow and mature I hide myself behind the cross of Jesus Christ, and I pray that you would be glorified in this moment. We thank you for the good things that you're going to do as we ask ourselves the question, what am I doing? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Just turn to somebody real quick, nudge them and say, what am I doing? You ever ask yourself that question? (laughs) What am I doing? The way I wanted to write it out, but I didn't, you know, the grammar and it goes online. So I, was like, I don't know people getting like, yo, what you doing? That's what I wanted to say. I was thinking about this uh, as we were talking about releasing like Jesus because it fascinates me that we find ourselves often at the intersection of doing things that seem to mean a lot in the moment. But then shortly after that, we find that that very thing was insignificant in light of the broader picture of what life is really about. 
I, I found that through a disciplined study of the scriptures and by looking at the word, that oftentimes the things that I want to do, it doesn't carry the same eternal weight or value to the thing that God wants me to do. Like, I want to do this, and that seems very, very important. But God has something else in mind for me to do. So then what do we do with that paradox? A paradox, the opposites. How, how do we deal with the thing, if we were to be honest, if we were to stop lying and say, okay, well, there's this thing in me that is, is torn at times. How do we do and what do we deal with that tension when God is bringing us into this new thing that is this overarching desire of, of calling and destiny and purpose and the word of God, but then I... I still just want to do my thing. And how do, we, how do we wrestle with that tension? And you see, this is the place that we find in this text. This tension of Jesus being uh, beginning to release these teenage boys and these young men and women into their destiny, but they were created in the same way that we often are, with this tension where we lack understanding of the unknown. We don't really know what that's going to cost. We don't know what that's going to look like. We don't know what it means. So there's all these unanswered questions that we have created when, when we know at the same time is what I'm doing now gonna be as significant of what God wants me to do now? And you see that tension of what you're doing now is gonna lead you to the place of true contentment. Out of, out of your life, it would be greater than simply another dollar, another follower, another, uh, another stat line for you, or to increase your bottom line, or to build up your portfolio, or to have another metric in your business that will take you into the greatest earnings of your quarter and your year. Whatever the thing that you do may feel like an upgrade, the bottom line that God is after is are you, what you're doing aligned with what he is doing. And if there's some inconsistencies, let's just call it that. <laughs> if there's some, uh, some things that are, that are not aligning with that, how and, and what do I do to align with the will of God? The, 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 the will of God that has been revealed through heaven and in creation and in your life. How do we do that? And so I want to ask that question. I'm asking that question to myself today. What am I doing? And as I was looking at this passage in Mark, Mark is a really, really interesting uh, a book in the Bible. It's, we call it the synoptic gospel. It's one of the four gospels. And the reason why we call it synoptic, because it's just looking at four different perspectives of some of the same stories and the accounts of Jesus. And what's interesting about Mark is Mark was not one of the 12 apostles. He wasn't one of Jesus' original disciples. He was not one of the 12 that if you even the names that we, we read off, you didn't hear Mark mentioned in there because Mark was actually a, a person that was, was brought into faith by Peter. Peter, who you all heard, have heard about, Peter that we mentioned here, Peter discipled him, brought him into faith, and then he began to grow, and then he begins to write the things that Peter was describing about Jesus. That's where we get the gospel of Mark 
Mark. It's interesting because the, the gospel of Mark, it's actually one of the, the, the it's the first gospel account. It's, it's the first account, and it's interesting that it, it, it's written by a person that wasn't right there with Jesus, and he wasn't the most scholarly. He wasn't the most academic like Luke, who was a, who was a doctor. He, he didn't just write down the things that Jesus uh, was, was saying, but he's writing down in a narrative form, in a story form, what Jesus did. And he's saying, I want to pitch to you like a story. I want to show you what this man who, who claimed to be God and what he did, how he cast out devils and how he healed people and how he disrupted the status quo of the religious order and how he was able to bring about solutions to the problems of the religious institute of that day and how he was able to heal people. He didn't just talk about healing people. He actually healed people. He didn't just talk about uh saying some nice pleasant words so that you can live a holy godly life no 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 he showed you and he demonstrated that he can be tempted and he'll still walk and trust God he showed you what it looks like to be faithful even when everybody else is unfaithful he showed you what it looks like to live in the kingdom and live in a place of, of forgiveness and live in the life of love he showed you so so mark he ain't writing it down like a like a recommendation letter he He's writing out this narrative, this story to show you that God is who he said he was. And he said that so that you and I could then come to terms with the God that we say that we proclaim he to be. Like, is it, do we, do, do I really believe that God is God and that he is my deliverer? Do I actually believe that God can change my marriage? Do I actually believe that Jesus can visit me in the middle of my sickness and even though the doctor's report is negative, even though the doctor's report is, is, is lining up with everything that medicine says it shouldn't go this way and now I'm having to walk through this difficulty, even though I've lost my child, even though I lost my mother, if God is God, then he must be able to meet you in the middle of the moment that he has called you into. But, but I love Mark because Mark just writes the story out and he, and he shows you this picture. And the book of Mark ends like, it just ends. Like it doesn't even, it ends with some, some women like seeing this angel go to this place that was a tomb and they just run away scared. And that's how the gospel ends. And what, what, what I believe the Holy Spirit was trying to show is like when you see the narrative of what God is do has done and when you look over your life and you examine the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God and your own mess ups and mistakes, can you then extract from that that I am willing to do what God wants me to do despite what I've been through? And that's what we're going to discover today as we ask ourselves the question, what am I doing? Number one, I want you to write this down. Number one, Jesus calls you by his grace, not for your glory. Jesus calls you by his grace, not for your glory. It's interesting that in Mark chapter 3, at the very beginning of this verse, in 13, he says, he went up to a mountain and summoned those who he himself Wanted. I cannot get over this. Who he himself wanted, and they came to him. 
So what that then means is that God, he, he summoned the disciples. He, 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 the, the, the word actually is translated to call. Like he, he, he calls them. And that word called in the Greek, it, it, it means to, to, to call to myself or to, 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 to call toward oneself. It, it means to invite. What I got from this, the, the, the application is that Jesus has the opportunity to, to call you to, to himself and then you respond in obedience. And what I was reminded is that even though I may not feel like I'm called, even though I may not feel like I got everything going on, even though I may be doing my own thing, not worried about nobody, the Bible is clear that God has summoned you to himself so that he could do in you his will and his purpose. And I need you to know without a shadow of a doubt that God by his spirit before creation, before the heavens were created, before the earth was was spoken into existence, before he fashioned Adam, before he fashioned Eve, the Bible says that he called you to himself. So then what does that mean? If he called you to himself and now you're walking through some difficulty, do you think it would be in his nature for him to leave you as the person that he called? That's antithetical. That can't work. So what he does is he summons you to himself. And as he summons you to himself, he summons you by his grace. It is by the grace of God. It is by the, it's, the grace just means undeserved favor, unmerited favor, just, just blessing. Back in the day, they used to say something. It said, favor ain't fair. And I just want to tell you the favor of God to call you to himself. It's not based on what you did. It's not based on your family. It's not based on what you did and whatever. Well, we don't know what you did. It has nothing to do with that. It is by his grace. It is by his empowerment of the spirit and in the divine knowledge and wisdom of the son of God and of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit, the God, the father. He summoned you. He called you by his grace. And he did it not for your glory. So this is, there's, there's two people that are in the room right now that, that, I, that are challenged by this. One is like, well, David, I just, you know. I always mess up. I've always been in here, so I'm going to just kind of serve God, but I know I'm going to mess up, but I'm going to kind of serve God, and you have this kind of defeatist, kind of kind of, kind of like, nah, I can't really, so all that stuff you're talking about, that doesn't really uh, uh, apply to me, because if you knew what I was in last year, or you knew what I was in last week, if you know I was in last night, if you knew what I was in 10 years ago, then that would disqualify me, but I need to tell you that God didn't call you based on what you have been through. God called you based on his his grace on your life there is an empowerment that he does that he gives you so that you can do the thing that he's called you to do and then he didn't do that for your own glory so there's the other group we got we got the grace group and then we got the glory group (laughs) the glory group is y'all walk like this You're spiritual enough to know that you can't just be like, I'm that dude. I'm that one. But see, he ain't call you to, 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 to simply you glory and flex and be like, look at me. And see, the disparity comes when God begins to do great things in your life and he does things through your life. The temptation will be like, well, Lord, you know I'm that dude. And you may not say that. 
right? You don't say that. You don't say, this is what you do. I know how y'all move. This is how we move. I mean too. I'm going to show y'all this highlight on my Instagram reel. See the goodness of the Lord, right? Okay, let's call it that. Truth be told, you wanted us all to know. You wanted someone to ask you, <laughs> how'd that go down? He was like, well, you know, I just, uh, in my time of meditation of the word and of <laughs> fasting and praying for 24 hours, I... Yo, it ain't for your glory. <laughs> because the moment you touch the glory of the eternal, everywhere I've seen in the scriptures, cat's hair turns gray, people die. <laughs> Some people try to touch the glory of God, <sighs> dead. What that tells me is that the moment you try to contain that which is divine, that is the work of the Spirit, and you try to take credit for that, then you will be shortly and utterly disappointed because you, have, you don't have the capacity to handle that. That's why some of y'all idolize the celebrities. They don't, you, the, the reason why celebrity and fame is jacked up is because we were not created to handle glory. We were created, we were created to reflect and to, and to, and to allow ourselves to be used as a conduit to, 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 to show and demonstrate not my own glory, but the glory of the majestic one. The reason, the reason, yo, the reason why, why you're, why you're so scrambling around trying to get people to know you and try to see what you into. And I just, they just saw what I was on. Then I get the opportunity. You think God needs a person to recognize you so that he can fulfill his word in your life. That is, that is, that is a glory hungry perspective. It is the grace of God. God. It is the empowering of the Spirit. That is what's needed so that he can allow you to do and become everything that he has called you to do. It is by his grace. Turn to somebody and say, it's by his grace. And so he's called you by his grace, not for your glory. And then he's called you to be released. And then Jesus, the second idea, Jesus invites you to know him before you know what to do for him. He invites you to know him before you know what to do with him. This is where we mess it up. We get really excited, right? I will exalt you. Brother, I will exalt And then we're like, all right, let's go do it, right? But you ain't been praying and seeking the face of God. So in order to sustain the work of God, it's going to take you to know him. And I love about this, in this passage, in the 14th verse, it says, and he summoned, the, the Bible says he, he went up to a mountain and he summoned them and he called them so they could go and go out and preach. And so what it happens is, so, so this is the picture. So Jesus goes up to this mountain and he's there praying and fasting and, 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 and seeking the face of his father. And then after he does that, he calls these 12. So what does that then mean? What happens is you can't get the plan of God 
and the blessing of God and the favor of God and the provision of God and the direction of God and the wisdom of God without God. I know that sounds real simple, but, but trust me, part of the frustration that you're dealing with is because you was doing stuff because you got excited in church, so now you start doing stuff, <laughs> but, but you haven't sought the face of the Lord for you specifically in what it is that you're supposed to do. And see, the, what God, what, you got to imagine, this is Jesus. This is, this is one of the God, this is, this is God in the flesh, but he still is seeking the face of the Father to get instruction as to determine who is it that you want to use, listen, to establish my kingdom in the earth? So God goes and prays, and then as God goes and prays to God, then he gets instruction, and then he goes summons the ones. I need you to know that God, before the foundations of the world, he called you to himself, and now as he invited you to himself, he's not inviting you so that he can just simply use you or abuse you or take advantage of you or, or spend all of your energy and now now leave you uh, dilapidated and, and disrespected and disregarded. No, 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 no. God has called you to himself so that he can know you and you can know him and you can know his voice. You can know his direction. You can know his heart. You can know the things that matters to him. You can know these things because you know him before you know what he wants to do with you. And I have discovered that that as I, as I do this, there's intimacy with God before duty with God. See, see, there's intimacy, as, as Pastor Anton was talking about, it's time to go. We've got to put aside the things that happened in the past. We've got to move. All right, bitch saying, listen, our well-being, we've got to make sure we balance. We're just not out here working and killing ourselves and then blaming the enemy when we just weren't listening to the Lord in worship. And you see, that intimacy with the Father is going to be the thing that will give you the directions to do what it is you have to do. And, and, and so when the church says, all right, y'all, we're going to fast and pray. You can't all of a sudden have plans on a Thursday night. Because he wants to invite you into a place of knowing him for his pleasure and knowing him to know that he is, listen, I, I, some of y'all need to hear this that the Lord is pleased with you. Because sometimes we have this like, some of this, we just have this bad thinking. This like, well, I can't be a person because of what I used to do or where I came from. Listen, listen, God is so radically in love with you. Do you understand? Do you, yo, do you understand what he went through so that you could be right here listening to his word and growing up in him? Do you know that, that he, he, he gave his, his, his life so that you could know him and have a relationship with him that was not based on your own righteousness or, or your own right way of doing things? No, 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 no. He, he did all of this so that he could bring you into the place that you could know him in a way that was so unusual and that was so special that it would bring you into, a, into an existence that you never could have imagined because you embraced who he was. So, so, so not only does he, he invites you to know him before you know what to do for him, but then, this is where I love, Jesus appoints you based on his providence, not based on your past. Jesus appoints you based on his providence and not based on your past. The reason why I said, I said calls initially 
The reason why I said he, he, he calls you is because that, that, that word right there in the, in the Greek, it, it's translated to, to that idea of, of summoning, of bringing to oneself, and then, and then it's invite, so he's now giving you the invitation into himself, but then the word appoint, which is in another translation, the word appoint, it means, it means to do. Remember, I asked the question, what are you doing? What am I doing? And you see, Jesus, he sees, he's praying to the Father. After he prays, he then goes and selects <laughs> raggedy people. <laughs> he selects some no good teenagers. He selects people that are common thieves. He selects people that are the most crazy, irresponsible, unqualified. <laughs> he and then he selects, y'all listen to this, he drafts on his squad the person that he knows is gonna set him up to die. So then what does that mean? It means that God is not gonna, he has not invited you to do, he has not appointed you because of your past and what you've been through. Listen, 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 listen. Yo, you are gonna be a phenomenal, incredible woman of God, bro. You are gonna be such a, you gonna be such a beast in the kingdom that your, your, your boys and your girls and people that you grew up with, they're gonna be like, there's no way that that can be you because I knew how you used to be. And I wanna tell you that God has appointed you. It is, it was in his sovereign plan. It was in his sovereign will. It, it didn't have nothing to do with you. God, God, he, he appointed, he called you out to do what he desires of you, and now your life is not going to be based on what you've been through. Listen, we can sob and cry, and I made all these mistakes, and David, if you really knew what I was into five years ago, you wouldn't be saying this. No, 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 let me tell you what, it doesn't matter what you've been through, the Bible says that, that old things have been passed away, that old, old things are the former things, I'm putting those aside, and what the Bible is clear about is if God has called you, then he's just called you. If God has appointed you, then he's appointed you. Now you may say, well, I'm not, I don't do it like you, or I'm not as deep as you. And you don't got, you see, your, your, your standard shouldn't be me. Your standard should be Jesus. And Jesus said that I look to the one as my father does. That's what I do. Here's the cheat code. Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. And I will, I, will, I will lay it all down for what you want me to do. So whether you do it with Tim's and Jay's or you do it with Stacey Adams and some hard bottoms, it really doesn't matter about that. What the Lord is after, he says, the Bible says he's looking around for those that he can use. He's looking at your heart. I need you, listen, 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 because this is the perversion of the enemy for you to think that you can't be everything that God has called you to be doing it how you are. I want to tell you that God has gifted you and God has called you and God has fashioned you and God has constructed you and he's created you so that you can become every 
everything that he wants you to be. And if that won't enough, then he gave his spirit to you. And he said, now listen, you're not going to be able to do it on your own. So I'm going to send my spirit to empower you to walk out in a way that you never could. And then I'm going to give you some people called the church. And they're going to be able to walk alongside you and lift you up and prop you up and be able to handle some of the challenges. And I know you're going to blow it. I know you're going to mess up. I've already factored that in. So now I have mercy and grace right over here that can handle your mistakes and handle your failure and then you can walk out the will of God. So all you got to do is don't quit. You keep walking and trusting and believing because God has appointed you not because of your past but because of his providence. Come on, if you believe that, make some noise for the Lord. We're about to close out. This is what Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 14 says. I love this. It says, this is the, the apostle Paul who's saying this. He's talking to this, this church in, in Philippi. He says, not that I have already grasped it all. I love how Paul immediately just like identify with us who are jacked up <laughs> or have already become perfect. He said, but I press on if I may also take hold of that for which I was even taken hold of Christ Jesus. I mean, I, it's all based on Jesus. So he says, brothers and sisters, he says, I do not regard myself as having taken hold of it yet, but this is the one thing I, the one thing I, the one thing I do is I forget what lies behind me and I'm reaching forward to what lies ahead. I press on to the goal for the prize of an upward call of God in Christ Jesus. And what that means is, bro, your failures, your insecurities, your fears, your problems, your addictions, your habits, what the Bible says is God has the ability to put his spirit inside of you and give you a word that will go beyond all of those things. So even though I got some challenges, I'm pressing toward. Even though I got some uh, problems, I'm still pressing ahead. As I press ahead, I just find that progress is inevitable. And though I may look like what I used to be through, I've been through, I am not who I was. Because now I have trusted God in a way that I have never done before. Because a year ago, I couldn't say this. A year ago, I was struggling, but God in his sovereign grace empowered me to keep walking. And as I've trained, and as I failed, I kept walking. And as I kept walking, I was pressing to the mark of the high calling that's in Christ Jesus. So let me give you some wisdom from one of the goats in basketball, Kobe Bryant. <laughs> he said, failure doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. The story continues. If you fail on Monday... The only way it's a failure is if you decide not to progress from that moment. That sounds a little bit like Paul. And Kobe was a believer, and so I'm just going to claim that that was, you know, the Lord was in that. And so one of the things I realized is that, listen, if you walk this life out, if you walk this call of God out with the, with the understanding that I'm going to mess up, that's already settled. He's appointed you. He's called you. He's invited you, bro. Yo, sis, he's invited you. 
And this is what's crazy, y'all. This is why I get, y'all, if I could, I wish I could just give y'all, like, how I feel about this. Because then I'm thinking about, like, so does that mean not only what I had been through, but, but the challenges and the failures that I will make in the future. And this is why Jesus is God. This is where all the other belief systems fail. Because he has the, the capacity to make a provision for his grace in the future. Let's and then still speak to me as if I'm already perfected. So then, when God is speaking to you, he's not speaking to you as you, you're, you're in your challenge at the moment. He sees you already perfected. And the perfection I'm, not, I'm talking about is not just when you're 75 or when you're 85. The perfection is through the lens of eternity, fully formed, no weakness, no challenge. So he's speaking in the present from eternity to bring you into your future. So, so, so listen, so, so why don't we just trust him and walk with him? Amen. Come on, y'all, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Thank you all for your patience. I want to pray for somebody here. You can bow your heads and close your eyes. You see, the reason why walking with Jesus, it doesn't seem fly, because sacrifice, carrying your cross, dying to self, it doesn't seem to benefit others. But what I have found is as you walk this way and you answer the question, what am I doing? You allow Jesus to release you into your community and into your family, into your school, into your business, into your corporation, into your industry, to release the message of the kingdom of God with the love of God. It'll override everything that seems insignificant. Heads bowed, all eyes closed. If you're in the building and, and currently as it stands, you don't have an active, real relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've stepped away from him. You were doing your own thing. You were wilding out. You were, you were living life on your terms. And as you heard the message today, you realized, like, I need to surrender my life. I need to give my life up to Jesus fully, like all the way, like not halfway, not kind of on certain times of the year or only when I go through difficulty, I'm, I want to I be a disciple, a follower of Jesus. The same way that he called out those 12 disciples, he's called you out and you have to respond with faith and obedience. If you're here in the building, you want to commit your life to Jesus. Maybe you were with him, but then you walked away and you did your own thing. But listen, God's love, has, he still called you. You can't, you messed up. You've been wilding out, sinning, doing your own thing. That joint don't even feel right. The things that God wants to do in your life is going to blow your mind. You have tried to live life on your own terms, on your own way, with your own ways, and you have come to the conclusion on yourself that, that there has to be more to life than just this. 
And what God is saying is that he wants to bring you into the thing that he's empowered you to, to do. And he will do that. He's going to make you a new person. And this new person is not just going to be somebody that's going to be churchy or holy, but this person is going to make you right with him. And you'll be able to walk differently as you surrender to what he's doing in your life. Y'all come on up. Come on up, guys. Y'all come on up. Come on up. Yeah. <laughs> if there's anybody else here, you get, I'll give you another opportunity. Come on up and join my brothers and sisters up here. Well, this is simple. It's simply just asking Jesus to, to forgive you of your sin. It's, not, it's nothing really deep. The thing I love about following Jesus is he made it very simple for us. It's going to take up everything that we have, but he's made it simple. And so you just confessing your sin and saying, I'm sorry, Lord, forgive me of my sin. I want to give my life over to you. And you can do that right now. We're going to lead you in that prayer. And so if you all could bow your heads and close your eyes. Church, I need you all praying. Come on, y'all know what to do. Y'all pray. You all can just repeat this prayer after me. Um, and it, it's not nothing special in the prayer. It's really about the sincerity of your own heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Um, forgive me of my sin. Cleanse me and make me new. Right now, this moment, I surrender my life to you. I give you full control. Make me the person you always wanted me to be. I turn away from my sin and I embrace you as my Lord and my Savior in Jesus' name. I want to pray for you all. Father, I thank you for my brother and my sister. I thank you for new life. God, come on church, pray. I thank you, God, for my brothers and sisters that are making new decisions to follow you and to meet you. And God, today will be a new day. Old things will be passed away. All the old things that are gone, God, I pray that you would establish them in this house, God, that we're going to disciple them and grow them up, Lord. And I thank you that you have made all the old things that have happened in their life, God. Today is a fresh start in the name of Jesus. We thank you for your grace that covers them and your mercy that goes beyond any failure. But God, God, the good things of God, you said where sin abounds, grace abounds even more. And so I pray that you would build them up as be men and women of God. We thank you for their life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Come on, make some noise for my brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you, and we have some tools to help you on your journey. Just text JESUS to 48074. To find out more about Calvary Revival Church, text GUEST to 48074. Be sure to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Thanks for listening. Now go out and make a difference.